What's the crack? Big thank you to the sponsor of this week's podcast now, where you can watch The Last of Us streaming every single week. And there's only two more episodes left. And I know what happens because I play the video game and it's really good. I will say this, the ending of The Last of Us video game, I replayed it recently, is the greatest ending in the history of video games. Come at me, bro. So could this possibly, could it stick the landing? Could The Last of Us TV show have the greatest ending of a season ever in history? Mm, could happen and look once the last of us is finished don't you worry there's loads on there if you want to watch other things created by uh, craig mason who's the co-creator of last of us he did the entire thing at chernobyl you can watch all of chernobyl it's also on now also coming up the end of march the final and fourth season of succession mate so it's all going to be kicking off again so look is now the home of the greatest tv you can watch yes so you should check it out available with a now entertainment membership now listen this podcast is with the very funny Joe McGuckin, one of the best actors, I think, acting in comedy these days. Definitely with the best close face actor. I love his face and I love seeing it up close. And uh, I like Joe. I got on very well with Joe. And I've done his podcast. Here he is doing mine. And I like picking his brain. We have somehow met doing the same thing from completely different paths. And uh, I don't think he compliments himself enough. So I do too much. And everyone's very uncomfortable. But I love Joe. And this is a nice candid chat about making comedy, mental health, and finding your voice. Um, we actually don't talk at all about finding your voice, but I felt like I needed a third, and I couldn't think of Anne. So look, this is me and Joe McGuckin having a laugh, having a chat. Enjoy. No, I feel like we are all fucked. Like, I think, because people would only... So the sponsors that sponsor like our podcasts aren't going to sponsor straight in straight. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are. We would be fucked. Like, I mean, is our is our industry not like the first to who wants to you know throw us a few books? We're not essential. We're definitely not essential. But I think we're the hardest to replace. I think like mm. just naturally funny people. I've already, well, you've already won me over. See yeah, yeah. That was. Like that. See how quick. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't be replaced. You're right, Joe. You're right. If you made any point, I'm like, yeah, you got a great point there. <laughs> you were literally saying the opposite thing. You're like, <laughs> I said two two words, and you're like, okay, 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 great. Yeah, I genuinely don't think though that comedians. I, I think once robots take over the world, mm-hmm, I think will. people will. The only thing that we'll have to provide is entertainment. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you have a robot up there, and I don't think it'll ever get to a stage where we'll be able to mimic real mm-hmm. humor. I don't think a robot, like humor, especially Irish humor, is self-deprecating. Yeah. How can a robot be self-deprecating? It's yeah, perfect, it's perfect in every way. Right, you know. You know. Unless he's like, you know, I got my, I'm confusing my ones from my zeros or some <laughs> shit, and you'd be like, who programmed programmed it to be Rodney Dangerfield all of a sudden? Uh, How about th- those tree paint plugs? <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it is, I actually I was speaking to an AI ambassador in this very room before, and we were talking about AI and AI art, and I was going to say she made this point, but I made this point at her. Uh, and she agreed, meaning that it's true. Is that, I don't know, like, you know, you see, like, the AI art thing, and everyone was doing their profile pics with all that AI art, yeah. you know, for a while. And then, like, at first, you're like, oh, that's kind of impressive. And then, like, an hour later, you're like, I've fucking seen it, and this is, has no soul, and it's not really hidden. Yeah. You know, I feel like if there is, I feel like if there is any actual proof for a soul, right, it's the fact this AI art exists. Because, you know, you read a bit of copy written by, like, an AI, and you're kind of like, there's just something missing here. It's fitting together. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's almost like, if you ever have to listen to, like, you know, you've had shitty jobs, right? You know, you ever, have you ever had, like, a middle manager tell you, you know, that everyone has to come in on a day, 
even though they don't want to tell you that news and you're t- and you're like this isn't even coming from you like there's something <laughs> askew here where you're telling me this and you know like when someone's telling you something and it isn't coming from their soul yeah. and so you kind of are checked out or you kind of don't believe it that's what I feel like AI art is yeah. it's kind of not in sync with a true meaning as to why someone is t- the why is missing yeah. do you know like, what I mean Windows XP I know you're not that artistic like I know you don't have that <laughs> capability of making me feel that emotion this emotion I'm crying now but this is, these aren't real these tears these aren't real man. tears yeah <laughs> yeah would you, would you would you trust a robot with your hair? I, I would coming tr- in yeah, here with I, your with your brand new fade. It wouldn't be I wouldn't be afraid of it giving me a bad haircut. I'd mm. be afraid of it cutting me scalp or something. Mm. I wouldn't trust a robot. With, do you ever see that ads? I think it's for a car. I love car ads because they don't make any sense. Make no sense. Like they're kind of like Jesus. I'm digressing a lot straight that's off. Fine, that's fine. That's the podcast all about. Car ads are kind of like um, perfume ads. Like, mm. you, how do you advertise a scent? You can't. Yeah. So you just have to make someone look Pure sexy. mood. So it's the same shit with cars. It's like, this thing drives, but what's going to make you want it? So they done this, had like a robot. It was like an AI, it wasn't an AI car, but it was kind of like a smart car. And there was a fella driving it remotely, but also he was giving someone a shave remotely. And it was trying oh. to make some sort of assimilation that like, it's this detailed that you can cuss someone's bird from that far but I'm just like what if the robot just ran out of battery and just went, <laughs> <laughs> you know, ah, yeah. the shit that was not me that, that that was the battery I don't know what we were thinking I don't yeah. know why we had to prove a point like this by giving someone a shave in the middle of the Andes mountains I don't know why it's just a fucking car yeah, or like a mountain goat jumps in the way and they're like oh fuck you fuck. Yeah. cut your man's head off you know straight away yeah I know it might get there but you're saying that we're safe as entertainers yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. having said that though I feel like actors could be obsolete as well, like because I feel like everything is kind of digitized now. Anyway, like we had that Superman film where they digitized your man's mustache, yes, and somehow brought his lip up to be like, mm. <laughs> 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 like I forgot how a top lip looks like. You know, yeah. <laughs> everyone's safe. <laughs> that's what that's what artifi- that's what the that's what AI art looks like now. Though yeah. it's just there's something off about it. There's something off every single one of the AI art pictures. The hands have too many fingers. Yeah, they can't seem to figure out. How can how can it be so smart as to be able to recreate what a selfie looked like at the Last Supper, but have all the apostles have nine fingers? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So there's something a bit askew there. It's kind of like making art in a dream. Yeah, isn't it? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, how did I make this amazing picture? And then you kind of look a little bit closer and you're like, oh, it's fucking weird. I didn't. <laughs> you did, I'm dreaming. This yeah. is crazy. This is not real. Have you always been uh, a creative, Joe McGuckin? Um. What's the first watch? Can you remember what the first thing was that you made that you liked? I used to come home from school and I used to hate doing homework. Oh, yeah. But I used to take the tinfoil from me sandwich that I'd bring into school and I started making little dinosaurs and shit out of that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just out of boredom. And it's only when you're saying that, like, that it, that's coming back. Like, that's not, I don't have a story or that behind that. But mm, yeah. yeah, I used to always kind of like making shit. I had a talk boy. Do you remember that was in yeah. Home Alone 2? Yeah. And I used to. I used to read stories and then just listen back to the stories. I was big on that. I used to love that. I Well, at first what I did with my talk boy was, I've talked about this in the pod before, but I used to like, I used to try and make people say that they were gay because I thought it was really <laughs> funny. So I'd be like, um, I'd be like, Omar, my cousin Omar, I'd be like, Omar, are you gay? And then I would, and then I would go up to him and I'd say, Omar, do you like ice cream? And then I'd record. And he'd be like, <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, I have evidence that he's gay. Gotcha. Uh, that's when gay things were funny you yeah, know? Yeah, now of yeah. course gay yeah. things aren't funny at all no no very, very serious very serious, very serious. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah I used to do that I used to record my own radio shows as well did you do that mm. I used to just kind of come up with news bulletins 
Yeah. And it would just be shit that happened in the house. I'd be like, uh, it's the 6 1 news, and my ma's gone in to make a cup of tea now. <laughs> and she'd be like, Joe, will you shut the fuck up? Will you for fuck's sake? <laughs> and so, yeah, that's the sort of stuff that I do. Yeah. And and filming myself, I used to, me mate, we used to do jackass. You've yeah. done jackass yeah, and I shit did jackass, before. Yeah. Like jumping into trees and into bushes. Yeah, and all yeah. That stuff. Actually, my cousin Omar's shed, we used to jump off. I mean, onto a load of mattresses, but we still thought it was pretty jackass. It is pretty jackass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if your child was like, I'm going out to jump off a building onto like, Two pissy mattresses. <laughs> you'd be like, I'd be no, like, that's not. fucking awesome. Yeah, I'd be like, I've raised you well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thank God the internet wasn't around back then, because if the, like, yeah, that's crazy. Well, thank God. Yeah, but the big, the biggest thing that I think I've avoided. How old are you? Thirty-three. Thirty-three. So around the same age. I'm thirty-five. So like, we, we kind of, I, I firmly believe, and my brother actually made this point that we're probably like the last generation to just. Have a have a childhood without the internet mm. being so intrinsically linked with everything, but I think if it was because I remember when MySpace first dropped and I had a little emo fringe, you know, if that had been TikTok, I would have been making thirsty TikToks. <laughs> I would have been like miming along <laughs> to songs with my top off, with like drawn on tattoos or shit like that, with my little V, yeah. you know, trying to be like a little thirst trap video. <laughs> you know, like I definitely would have, and I know I look at them now and I cringe, but like it's also because I'm like I know what that is. It's, it's wanting not. to be seen. Like if you see the people Torch trapping They're like 25 and stuff They're very old Yeah Like shit was around Like I wasn't doing Torch trap videos On YouTube Like I was embarrassing myself Like now it's all yeah. sexy And cool Yeah but What do you think about Men just, being sexy these days I just I'm get, so threatened by it Because oh, yeah, I think I, Because I, I think intimidated. I missed the boat on it Yeah I know we're not too old To be sexy That's what pisses me off I'm like I could, I could go to the gym For like 6 months And maybe I'd be thirsty <laughs> And Maybe like, I could. Look, I could do that. Go to gym for six months <laughs> and, do, and, and do Chris Hemsworth's diet plan. I could do it. Yeah. But do I want to be sexy? Is the real question. That's it. You know what I mean. I, I'm holding it down for the real man. That you know that, that that don't have to. I don't have to prove a point. Like, yeah. You know? I have two kids. I have a wife. Yeah. I don't need to impress strangers on the internet. <laughs> or Se- my wife. Sexually, sexually, sexually like, yeah. every other way I do. <laughs> yeah. I'd love it though. I don't get many thirsty comments online. I mean, I know I don't want it. I don't want to have any kind of distraction like that. I've seen you dance outside the doll. That's that's. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That's very thirsty. Yeah. I also I mentioned on this pod a few weeks ago when I remember I was at the Bureau de Change. Yeah. yeah and I was yeah. dancing around and obviously I got a big swollen nut and you were like, um, "Here, are you wearing like a fake dick in your pants?" I had no yeah, idea. I know. Yeah. And you I were like, "Ah, oh, just a lot going on down there." <laughs> like sometimes. And then you it's on your face. And you're like, "Oh no, what have I said here?" And I'm like, and I was just very honest. No, I got a big swollen nut. Yeah. I'm hoping to get looked at. That made it even more worse for me. You you should have comforted me and say, I know it's nothing. It's, I, I don't want nah, just me hog, man. It's just me fucking hog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for looking, though. <laughs> Thank you, big old kiss. I do that so much. Like, I, I, I think I was take. Uh, oh, my God. It just happens so much. I don't even want to repeat stories because I feel like that's so offensive <laughs> i don't even i'm like i always put me foot in that i always say something stupid oh, you're very curious like, though i did yeah. i did see this 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 thing on reddit it said like what is the number one what's the number one character trait of a dickhead right and i'm not going to say it's you right i'm Shit. saying you're the opposite what's the number one character trait and the most upvoted comment was and i've talked about this so much on the pod is lack of curiosity you know people just are not curious yeah and they don't want to have their mind changed about anything yeah they kind of know what they like they know what they know the pe- kind of people they think that they like. Mm. They know the kind of food that they like. They know the culture that they like. And they don't want to be changed at all. They have no curiosity. And even in conversation, they don't ask questions. 100%. So know? that's the worst thing about a conversation is mm. not being able to ask a question. 
like if I ask you a question, you you talk about whatever I asked you about, and then you kind of bounce it, you bounce it back. That's how a fucking conversation works. Mm. But when you you have two people and the other person's not asking a question or kind of giving back, yeah, or giving you an opportunity, giving you a little bit of rope, like here, come on, mm-hmm. you know, let's let's play ball here. Yeah, then you're like, fuck this shit. Like <laughs> I'm leaving this room. No, but I think that I think that comes out definitely in your podcast, and you're very curious, you know, and and as well in your videos, like you've you've kind of. You you know you have your signature comedy style you know but like you you there's there's no specific one kind of like genre that you want to stay in you seem to want to just try a load of things in your videos you know yeah you've always you always done that since you know wind up merchants and then obviously with you know free gaff like the sketches it's your personality and everything but you don't really want to I don't know I don't really know the point of making I just I think it's interesting yeah. that you're saying that because I've never really gone out by myself like so I was with the wind up merchants and now I'm kind of with Darren and I'm and then with Freak Out like I'm collaborating with everybody mm. so if I, I don't really like the spotlight being solely on me and I don't think I have a unique style like I just love kind of I love comedy I, I, I love your style of comedy and I'm like oh I think you should do this like I remember messaging you fucking nine years ago or something yeah. when I was doing like a pilot for the wind up merchants it was when you were doing stuff with Chapside remember yeah, Chapside yeah. said the last I was like, if, if you could do Plume and like do that selfie video, like this is just what I was thinking. If you could do that selfie video and then the camera goes down and then you actually have that head yeah, and it's not actually yeah, it. Yeah. I'm like, shit, there's so much you could do with that. Yeah. And, and and with Killian as well, like mixing, I like mixing humors and stuff. And, mm. and I think that comes from cur- the curiosity of, yeah. of playing with other people's toys, I suppose. No, what I like about you, Joe, one of the many things I like about you. I think we're very similar in that. Like, I think I think we're 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 good ideas men. You mm. know, we come up with a lot of ideas. You know, and also like just also ask people to to do things. <laughs> you know, a lot of people. There's a lot of people in in comedy like that. Like, you know, they have their thing, and you know, they kind of. I have a bit of a as well. Where like, I kind of want to be found or whatever like that. But you're very like here. Will we do this thing. You know, even getting onto you're you're like outbound when it comes to like wanting to do like an ad. You're like here. I have a fucking ad for you. Do you want do you want to do it? Like, yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I remember actually you said send me a message. You were like, oh, we should do you should do a sketch of um kind of a recovery group. <laughs> you know, for people who are obsessed with cartoon cats. And I'm like, it's a great <laughs> idea. You know, yeah. I didn't end up doing it. And then I wrote back, I'm like, oh man, yeah, we should definitely do that. And that was literally one year to the day. Do you remember that? A year and a I day hadn't day responded. <laughs> <laughs> it was a year and a day late, and you were like, "Yeah, man, yeah, like that was a year ago." But yeah, we should do it. <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, man, we should." I'm fucking awful for that, as yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. as you've seen as well from even booking this. I'm a, I'm an awful flake, you know. Yeah. Um. I mean, I almost <laughs> you text me three times today, being like, "Are we still on?" Now, are we still on for the <laughs> podcast today? Because I, I obviously delayed you, delayed you twice. Yeah. So we were supposed to do it. Last week. Last week, yeah. And then yesterday. And then yesterday. And you just keep fucking cancelling. And I just kept flaking. I just... I have you shame? Are you ashamed of yourself? Not really. Do I you don't really... Oh, Do you not? No, I don't. Oh, shit. I'm, I'm envious of that. I'm, I would be yeah. eating myself. <laughs> if I, I would, was you, I'd be fucking mortified. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> if I was in your position, not if I yeah. was you. Well, yeah. actually, yeah, no. I no, I like, should be. I'm so... I'm such a people pleaser that it would kill me to to pull mm. someone out or something like you know i'm yeah. not saying that you should feel that way I, no I'm and i know i, I did you're bad. busy you're a busy guy and i and i think I, I should be the way you are I, I envy the way the way you are come on that's i mean that's what people pleasing is that <laughs> the level of people pleasing that you have that you're actually telling me that i did good <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 i'm trying to make you feel i delayed bad. you uh <laughs> no but no do you know what it is i have a I, I and i'm getting better at it but i i i'm definitely of the kind of millennial 
generation that does believe the kind of main character fucking Truman Show shit about myself a little bit and I have to kind of check that in sometimes yeah. you know um, I have the Truman Show effect but I feel like I'm an extra on the Truman Show <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the shopkeepers that like hey Truman <laughs> I'm not Truman yeah yeah but you're but definitely I'm, I'm part of it I'm you're involved. part of it yeah no I will be honest I it was it was a bit of a mad week we were moving home and then um, I, my little daughter had a fever was in the hospital for like three days so when was, was his last, last week it was during the week and it, it, it just fucked up the rest so it was it was up until like Tuesday she came out so okay. she was like over over the weekend and then up to kind of Tuesday so I had every intention of having all this but then all the other kind of definite date of dated things that I had to have in the diary just kind of got pushed down pushed out pushed out yeah um, you know I know it was way down on the priority list I so. mean you were number one on like the super, super fun list <laughs> but uh, in terms of priority you know yeah no there's nothing worse than how old's yeah 11 little, weeks 11 weeks yeah only brand new fresh brand out. new box Still fresh pink. yeah like you box know box fresh no she's like I kept saying this to my wife like she's like you know you know when like you get a new phone mm. and you're like and if someone's like throw us that phone you're like no it's my new phone it doesn't have a scratch on it yeah, and then yeah, after a while yeah. you're like here's a fucking so she's almost at that level where you're like here's a fucking phone yeah. <laughs> you she know? still has the film on it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she is she is she is box fresh but it's one of those things like when a kid gets a fever at that age you know they're like well it's only like a few millimeters away from the brain you know and chicken like <laughs> I know, you I know, know they're so small um so it did push things down but i also didn't want to be like eh, here sorry i was in fucking hospital and uh you know you get those kind of like waves of excuses i'm trying not to get do too much of those these days yeah, you know yeah, i yeah. did a lot of that in school i'd hit you with like a wave of shit to try and make you feel bad yeah. so you wouldn't be angry at me do you, know do, what you I mean? do you kind of let i i let a load of shit kind of build up before i'm like ah shit I should have tackled that and kind of apologised and, and now I, I feel like just just this week I'm kind of trying to claw my way back to this office like yeah. with apologies and sorry I, I, I'm going to get to that I'll do this and mm. I'll, I'll just kind of let too much shit build up and I'm like sorry everybody I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah. let me just kind of start fresh yeah I'm oh I'm I'm, I'm like Mr. Apology like you know yeah. but my you know my apologies are kind of like pound shop apologies <laughs> you know what I mean like a pound shop hammer being like it's, you know, it does the job, but it's not going to last very long. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's not really worth much. <laughs> it will break. <laughs> it will break. And I probably will have to get another one. And I will have to apologize again, you know? Um, but yeah, did you notice that when I when I was apologizing, I said, thank you for your understanding? Did you notice that? I did notice that, that's, yeah. that's kind of a thing I'm doing where I'm kind of like, thank you for not being annoyed at me rather than, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know? I know I also did hit you with a, a legion of a, a, I'm sorry as well, but... That's it's an interesting thing to do. It's going to shift a, a, a compliment back onto the yeah. person to make them. Thank you very end. much for your understanding. Look, I really appreciate you, me, having this professional relationship together. Yeah, yeah. It kind of felt like a job interview. <laughs> like, yeah, like I didn't get the job, but you're like, thank you for understanding. I'm like, sorry, no, I, I don't fit the bill. It's grand. Yeah, I don't have enough no. experience. It's, it's my fault. What was I thinking applying <laughs> for? It's silly, silly. No, but sorry for flaking. How are you? How are you for flaking? I mean, are you? I mean, you're saying here you're you're kind of clawing your way back in terms of uh, a load of uh, uh, apologies at the moment. You know, you're yeah. not you're not much of a flake. I'm not a flake, no, no. To my own detriment, like I mm. I take on I take on too much, and the things that are most important to me, like I put on the bottom of my priority list because I know I can kind of uh, dare to like I suppose I'm talking about my wife. Yeah, <laughs> I can go yeah. back and. I can apologise to her the most. Like sure. I can let her down the most yeah. because I know she'll <laughs> yeah. forgive me the easiest. Yeah. yeah, it'd be a hard battle, but like I know it's there. I know the apology's always there. Yeah, my my wife's made it kind of clear that that's not like I I can't work. Um, you know, not that I can't work, but like I I have not yet in our the working dynamic spent evenings editing 
podcasts or I mean I do have to sometimes but you know editing a video in the evening I, do, I keep my evenings and my weekends free okay yeah. and yeah. that also can annoy people because I'm like I have to say no to things mm. you know yeah including like acting work <laughs> on the weekend <laughs> but that's uh, but that's not her influence that's just you know I've I've kind of kept this up now so it would but it would be it would be quite surprising if yeah. all of a sudden then do you not have a fear then that if you say no to something that it'll never come back. I'm like, I can't say no to anything in case mm. they're like, well, fuck him. And we're never going to work with him ever again. He's yeah. never he's never going to work in this country again. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I kind of realized, actually, I'd realized this when I was in sales. <laughs> I'm never going to work in this country again. Um, I realized that people don't, if, like, if, people's, if people are looking for you for something like an ad or like a job, like that's kind of a business decision. Mm. And so they can't make an emotional response to a business decision. They get in trouble. If mm. they have an emotional response, so if they're like, if they feel like you've spurned them, <laughs> you know, or that you've you've pissed them off, or if you say no, like they're not going to make an emotional decision to be like, well, Joe's never going to get a job. They'll just always go for what the best business decision is, and you're good business for them. So it would make sense for them to tolerate that. Not that they even have to tolerate it. Do you know what I mean? I just realize that people don't really make those kind of emotional decisions to be like, oh, fuck him. Similarly, if you want something and you're asking so loads and loads for something like a job. Yeah. Um, are you listening? Play <laughs> PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, how are we with that, by the way? Is that <laughs> we're, get, we're making moves. Yeah, we're, we're making we're moves. We're making moves. We're making moves. Uh, yeah, no, I do that as well. Like, I get on to people being like, I have this idea for a job, you know, for like yeah. an ad or something like that. And I and I do that and I might pester because I've, I've you know, and I realize that people aren't going to be like, oh, now, now you're annoying me, actually. So no, like <laughs> I don't think people have made that kind that kind of decision since they were like seven. Yeah. But I understand the kind of the fear of it. We're kind of like not getting back to people. I kind of assume there's so many ways of reaching me that if I don't, uh, if I don't get back to you, like you'll you'll probably someone will find me. Like you know, I'm after getting a text on my phone like five minutes ago, and it's it's like it's killing me to not respond. <laughs> I'm really? like, this man, I just really need to <clears throat> fucking take this text message to this call. Yeah. I hate missing calls. I'm not getting a call even. It could be nine o'clock at night, and I'd be wanting to respond to an email or something like that. That's good though. Like you are, like you are one of the hardest working guys in in the biz. I do, I do firmly believe that. Like, oh. I, I genuinely think you're you you're you're constantly having a lot of kind of in development things. Some things might happen to them, some might not. You've also got different kind of you know. You've got commercial. You've also got like you know pure art. You do like short films you do feature films you know yeah. i also think you're an incredible actor i'm gonna compliment you loads here bring I it on i love it i, I love do it. actually <laughs> think you're one of the best best actors you you're especially doing darren and joe uh or doing freak out with you uh you're one of the best fucking close-up actors for like a close-up scene you can show so much emotion in your face i don't know how you do it it's a, it's it's quite uh, commendable i get so self-conscious because i've like a deviated septum and i didn't realize it until like i seen me face on a fucking 54 screen <laughs> and i'm like shit <laughs> me bleeding nose is snipping around corners like a bleeding scooby-doo dog <laughs> so like, huh? <laughs> jesus or someone's got a pie on the corner yeah. on the windowsill and here comes joe's well, nose um oh. yeah oh no thanks that's a nice thing to say yeah you're very hard working so yeah, i think you could well i mean don't let me, you're you know you're busier d than i am so don't let me give you advice about how to Fucking, you know, take calls. It's obviously working for you. The system that you have. Yeah. Um, the missus is talking about going to Bali for three months next year with the kids and me, and I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing next summer. Talk <laughs> 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 about 2024, and I'm yeah. like, I don't, I can't commit to, I can't commit to something like yeah. one year away. You should definitely do that, though. I would love to. It's an investment in you because. So two weeks in, you're going to probably be like, oh, this is probably enough. I've I'm had enough of this. Yeah. 
but like you know three months is a long time <laughs> no, but you should, yeah. no you should still do it you'd I was be, like come on we going a long weekend to Tremor or something like yeah. you to go to Bali for three months yeah but like you could you could still do your podcast remotely there yeah you know so you could still have that going yeah and then also it will be worth you having the time just to come up with a you know do you ever have like when you need a break sometimes I've I found when I'm a holiday sometimes like after the first week you know then I'm actually relaxed and then I start having original ideas remember like having an original idea you know yeah. you're just sitting there you're like that's actually a good idea yeah, I've never seen that before I haven't, I haven't had that in a while um, well I had it a bit over Christmas you know you're like you start thinking of actual ideas and then writing them down yeah. so I imagine three months consider that like your your writing period for coming up with bits you know when are you most creative I'm most creative. Um, is that a real poxy question, is it? No, it's not. It's when are you question. most creative? Um, like, when, when are you most kind of thinking of original ideas or, or whatever? I'm probably when I'm, when I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm like, if it's actually I've realized after I get like good feedback for, from someone about something, then I'm in the zone where I feel like it kind of gives my mind permission to be like, oh no, these are good ideas. And then they just flow out of me. So, um, so like it's weird like I, if I actually get up early and I've had like a done a job in the morning that had to be done that will give me like a boost of confidence that will be like I'm oh I'm really in the mood for like like writing something down or something but I mean I'm I'm I don't really ever really stand look at a blank page I'm always just writing down bits and stuff like that and then I might come back to them you know but, but you've done like hour long shows like stand up shows are yeah like that's a lot of work you've done stand up though you know what that's no, like I've never done an hour long like headline show by myself. I've done like Darren and Joe to start a podcast, which was a, a long show, but it wasn't just me up on a stage <laughs> yeah, by myself. Yeah. Like, yeah, but you ha like yeah, you have it like so. It's just it's the same way. I mean, if you if you were to be doing like your live podcast on your own, like for an hour, you'd you'd realize that it's just about like I'm probably doing it the wrong way. Like I'm I'm looking at it a lot of the time. How do I fill an hour? And you know, if I was work my way as a stand up, I should probably be doing an hour like every two years or three years haven't realized what my like Steve Martin had 10 hours of stand-up material that he would cut down to one that's why it's all good you yeah, know yeah yeah so rather than actually how do I flesh this out it should be more like I'm gonna have to cut some really good jokes you yeah, know yeah yeah so is like how do I drag this yeah this one glass oh, that I'm man. Get, yeah. but like I got that like I got sacked from my job when I moved back to Dublin I was working remotely for this sales company um I was doing sales um for this startup in London and then eventually I just you know got they sacked me and they gave me like a redundancy you know um so then when that happened i was like all right shit, i need to just figure out how i'm gonna make money doing stand-up you know full-time and they gave me like a payout so i had like six months and then uh, the sugar club just coincidentally got in touch um and they were like do you want to do a gig and i'm like yeah and Wait, i had nothing, hang on, nothing planned back up for a little bit like why did the sugar club you were in London. Yeah. Were you doing videos no, I, and I'd, stuff I'd in London? Mo I'd moved back to Dublin. Oh, okay. okay. And they were like, do you want to do a live thing? You know? Did you have an audience and stuff then? I mean, I had enough of an audience that could get the fill the sugar club, you yeah. know, from the plume stuff, yeah. you know? Okay. And that's all okay. I had. That's all it was. Just yeah. the plume and Maz Mate stuff. And then it was just, um, I was like, all right, shit, I need to figure out how to get an hour. So then I was just, all right, well, I have like, you know, four characters. Can I do 15 minutes on each character? You know? Yeah. Was that all good? No. <laughs> it was really bad, actually. But people had a good time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. you realize, you probably realize at the gig, you know, that people are just so willing, especially after COVID. They're like, 
this has to be a fucking good night. <laughs> you know, they're in the audience being yeah. like, this fucking better be a good night. So, you know, you fucking up a line is not going to ruin my night. I'm still going to laugh. Yeah. You know, yeah. the willingness is just so much more powerful than how inept you are. <laughs> you know. Did you ever have a bad gig? Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you know what happened actually? I had a really bad gig. I, I kind of oversold these shows, right, in the Sugar Club where I, I was, there was one year uh, where after my honeymoon, I was like, I'm going to do like, I'm going to try and do a new, I was, this is my idea. I was like, I'm going to do a new hour every month, right? And every so booked, month? Yeah. And I was like, okay. and I booked four shows because they were going so well. So I booked like four shows months apart, right? And they were called like Live Feed, Volume 1, 2, 3, 4, right? And they were like 60% the same show with 40% changed each time because I was trying to figure out how to make a good hour in a shorter span of time to go to, to bring it to Edinburgh. And then uh, towards like the third and fourth, it was like, all right, people have seen, people realize, oh, it's kind of like the same show. So like, you know, uh, they're not going to be recurring. So like the third show sold okay, and then the fourth show didn't sell particularly well because it was like, you know, essentially 1,200 tickets to be sold within four months. So it's not, it wasn't that much. Mm -hmm. So then they were like doing, you know, raffles, like kind of like an opportunity to win tickets to fill up the, the fourth gig. So anyway, then I was like, all right, I'm just going to try and do crowd work for 20 minutes. I was like, I've never done it before. But by that time, I'm also doing it to like a petered out audience of like, you know, a quarter capacity crowd. Yeah, yeah. So I started doing crowd work and I started like a quarter capacity. Yeah. In the sugar club. In the sugar club, you know. Okay. So it was looking ropey then. And it was only just because like the people who really wanted to see it, they'd seen it. So yeah, like they yeah, weren't going to yeah. be coming back, you know. So there's not an infinite amount of people who are <laughs> going to see you bullshit on stage, you know. <laughs> so then I started doing crowd work and I started doing, I started, went up to this guy and I'm like, oh, what's the crack? You know, uh, what's what's your story? You know, which is shy crowd work. Um, <laughs> what's your uh, story? What's your story? Come up here and I'm uh, <laughs> Well, I realized like you can't, you can't just, you can't make crowd work seem like it's the most important thing in the world for someone to say something. Like you can't have a whole, all the attention. Yeah. You know, you know, it has to make it seem like someone wants to talk. Mm. So how do you actually make it a situation? But I didn't realize that. I was like, what's your story? You on a date? And he's like, yeah, on a date here. You know, and I'm like, hey, going to as well so far. You think you're going to, you know, get off with your tonight? And he's like, I don't know, whatever. And then, um, I was like, what's your favorite uh, thing I've ever done? I said, and he goes, look, mate, I actually, to be honest, I don't fucking know who you are. I want a ticket. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Oh, man. And I go back on. And I'm like, all right, let's just do what we did for volume one. Oh. <laughs> you know, and just did the, the gig again. And it was just, it was okay, but it was just like, you know, that I think at that point I was like, I'm not kind of respecting the responsibility that I have to offer people a good night. Okay, I was yeah. like, I'm. I was using it more as like I need to figure out how to get better as your tool, like as my rather, tool. Yeah. And there has to be something in the middle there that's kind of like, yeah, it could be getting better. There's, that's the thing about Dublin. Like it's like you know Dublin co comedy club nights where you want to get better, but it's also like it's diff different in like the states where like you can have. There's so many open mics in the big cities and there's so many places you can try stuff. And then there's, you know, club nights where you're getting paid well and you don't want to really be trying stuff there because, you know, you respect the audience enough to know that they spent 20 quid a ticket. Yeah. And then you have your own gigs where you have figured all that out and you're doing your one hour, you know. But in Dublin, it's just like the same people are going to be coming to see it all the time. So it's weird to be like, all right, I'm trying. I'm just going to play jazz out here. See if it fucking works. You but know? do you do that? Do you go to the international and just try out material on a, a dry audience that doesn't know yet at all? Yeah, you would, and it's and it's t and it's tough because you know a lot of times it's just like Germans in the audience, yeah. you know. So the last um, time I done a stand up gig, well, it's not the last time I've I've since gone back to it, but I've kind of not done it since then as well. But the last time I done stand up was for a competition. It was in the Woolshed, and uh, I had a bit of a following because of the wind up merchants and stuff like that. And I hadn't invited anyone to any of my shows. 
but this one was a competition and if you won it was kind of a clap on with that thing so I said mm. you know what and if you won you got 500 quid so I says right you know what I'm going to bring as many people as I can and not a lot of people did show up from my side yeah. but the people that did come which was probably about 8 or 9 people they all sat right in the front which made things a little bit more uncomfortable for yeah. me yeah. and then the MC on the night knew that I had a bit of a following and left me to last like save the best to last kind of mm. thing I ended up getting very drunk like pissed drunk and the rest of the audience, because it was in the wool shed, the rest of the audience were just Brazilians. <laughs> and yeah. 90% of my material is about Mosny. <laughs> and they will not have a clue what the fuck I'm talking about when I'm talking about Mosny. They'd be like, what the fuck is this? So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to... I always wanted to do a kind of Andy Kaufman, get up on stage and just be really awkward and say, mm. really, but I hadn't taught any further than that. Yeah. But in, a, in the drunken state, blackout drunk, I don't mm. remember it. In the drunken state, I got up on stage and just done an awkward 10 to 20 seconds of yeah. uh, 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 how are you doing and then ran off stage and then that was it That and <laughs> then and then like I woke up the next morning Moira was mad at me and I was like okay, I'm just not doing it anymore I'm just not gonna, I'm just not gonna do it anymore uh, yeah I know you should pl- uh, forgive yourself for that like you know <laughs> forgive you have you forgiven yourself yet Joe no no because I don't you- deserve it <laughs> <laughs> I don't deserve an apology no you just really wanted it and it's just one of those things like I'm I'm so prone to that like especially something you're excited about or really thinking about just like all of a sudden just this hand is fucking automatic and you're just fucking horsing the pints into you you know yeah, what I mean yeah 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 um, I mean like wanking lads sorry yeah, you looked at me yeah. you looked at me like you didn't understand what big I was saying big fat ones as big well big fat like. ones yeah <laughs> um, yeah but like it's hard it's hard to it, it's hard to do an awkward thing well you know it's it's. <laughs> I think it's possible like if you sit down and think about it but yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> doing that on yeah, a, on a you're there blackout drunk I mean if I maybe got to talk about Mosny to a bunch of Brazilians <laughs> <laughs> I think I started I might have started I might have started me set and I mean it's like these have no idea what I'm fucking talking mm. about and then I just kind of gave up and crumbled yeah and then ran off stage I guess but you know all the bits that you decide to talk about on your podcast like they're that's stand up bits you know yeah no I, just I'm, trim down to like the trim down to like a tweet and that's a joke yeah you know I'm confident in the set that I have like but I just don't have the desire to mm. Like honestly, I when when uh, so Oliver, my fourth son, when he was born, it was a disaster. And I remember being in the hospital, and before she gave birth, there was so, there was posters everywhere because it was in July. There was posters everywhere for the Vodafone Comedy Festival, which mm-hmm. is now the the Paddy Power Comedy Festival. Mm-hmm. And I knew a lot of people that was headlining that, and I was like, ah, fucking, I should. I, I, do you know what? This time next year, I'm doing that, and I was really jealous. Mm. I, I was like, I want that. I want to be fucking at the Vodafone Comedy Festival. Like, how am I not at that? Mm-hmm. And then everything went wrong with Ollie, and then I'm I, that like, literally I was walking past the same posters, and I'm like, why did I give a fuck about that? Yeah, like why do I care about like fifty people in a room mm-hmm. and making them laugh? And it actually, kind of made me think about stand up comedy, and then I went to make a documentary. But then COVID happened and stuff because my relationship with stand up comedy is is weird. Like I fucking love it. I love the art. I love performing comedy i think it's it's great mm-hmm. not bad in a live audience even for a film like watching a film in front of a live audience i think is better than sitting at home and watching yeah 100 um but i, I love what you okay I'll, I'll finish my point first um i started the documentary because i i love to understand why people do stand-up comedy mm. and what satisfaction do you get out of saying the same thing 
twice, mm-hmm. three times, four yeah. times. Yeah. Like the stand-up comics out there that have been saying the same joke for 15 years. Yeah. I'm like, what? are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know... Was not you, not you. No, I, I know, you, I like know. Like what you were saying about doing the, 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 the every month you do a different show. And yeah, well, I don't thought that was a stupid idea, but you know. <laughs> but I love it. Yeah. So what if it's shit as well? Like you know, embrace that and, and fucking. I think that's class. Well, I think like we're of a similar age enough where like beforehand stand up. So we obviously got to experience you know the stand up boom of the '90s and see a lot of American stand ups get really big, and we all you know, and there was a lot of really good Irish stand ups and Irish comedy. You know, when I started, you know going onto Channel 4 and seeing all that kind of stuff like we, we kind of we hold stand up to a high level and it, we should because it's a serious art form and it's really hard to do and to get really good at and it is reps and reps and reps and reps mm. but it used to be the only game in town and now there is I mean the fact that I have I've had people message me and be like you know man I really love watching your videos when I'm on the jacks and I'm like <laughs> is there but like is there I can't sit in the jacks with him and do stand up but like <laughs> yeah my comedy can transfer to the jacks yeah. I've had someone else message me being like man I used to I, I work in a fucking freezer you know and I'm stacking fucking meat all day and I listen to your podcast and it's like I can't be a stand up in a fucking freezer but yeah <laughs> there's sort of so many different avenues where comedy can meet, m- meet people mm. and you know you've found two mediums between sketch and podcast and that you're very good at that not everyone can do and if everyone could do it they would do it and there's a lot of stand-ups have no interest in doing that no interest in doing a podcast or talking unscripted for an hour so like there is like yeah you know stand-up is still here but there's also things that you do that are here that they can't do you know it's what easier. I mean it's easier it's easier you to you home and, nah, no, it is easier I, I, I think it's easier to, to think about a sketch and I mean you can think about a sketch and shoot it in uh, there's a video there's a video that i done and it got 10,000 likes or something on on uh, TikTok. Right. And it's very popular. Brag. And <laughs> Braggadocious. <laughs> and it, it's, it's a popular video, but like it took me half an hour to make it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's not, that's not, e- that's not harder than walking out a stand-up comedy set, finding the beats, finding the confidence and the delivery and walking it till it's a, a brilliant 10, 15, an hour, 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? That is, that's hard work. That's graft. No, it, it it is graft, but there's also like, you know, because you're doing the other bits, like you, I feel like to get good at stand up, to get like unbelievably good at stand up, it has to be your, your kind of only true passion, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I've got a bit of a hybrid kind of motive in mind when I do live gigs is because I also want to meet the people that have, you know, that have liked the stuff in the past, you know, and yeah. and and I'm also just want to want to try to transfer some of the things people have heard from the podcast or sketches, ideas, and present that live. So it's kind yeah. of a bit of a hybrid model. But people who are doing just pure joke writing, stand up craft, you know, yeah, it it is it is probably the hardest thing to yeah. do, you know. People are probably going to be listening to this saying, "What the fuck are these showing?" Nah, I think people <laughs> might be interested. You know, do you think so? Yeah, why okay, not? I mean, I like like I love TV when there's like. Um, like I started watching this show like a, a physical 100 you watch that on Netflix no so all these South Koreans just doing this <laughs> like the amazing bodies some of them are like you know gymnasts from like national 100 people some are like arm wrestlers some are you know Olympic gold medalists some are choreo- choreographers dancers and stuff like that and they're basically competing to see who the fittest person is in Korea, in Korea. okay uh, but like they're proper but anyway I don't know anything about that so I, I don't know anything about fitness in Korea Mm. But this is a really well-made show of them in a kind of reality show doing this 
kind of thing. So like I'm like, I don't know anything about that world. I want to know about that world. I started yeah. watching fucking Yellowstone, that Kevin Costner show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, I don't know anything about what it is to be a, a billionaire ranch owner. You know, yeah. Succession. I don't know what it is to be a billionaire. You know, um, you know, media uh, oligarch. You know, yeah. I like to know about things I don't know about. So I think people might want to know about yeah, maybe. this that they don't know about. Yeah. You know? I love sci-fi and shit because it's kind of escapism. <coughs> yeah. And you don't know about it. Watched Interstellar there again yesterday. Oh yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's a fucking flick and a half. It's a good movie. It's a, it does get a little bit goofy towards the end when they silly. go into the fifth dimension. It's like silly. it's kind of a bit silly. Did you watch Barbarian? Yes. What did you think about? What did you think of that? Because I, I can't make my mind up. Like, I thought it was a fucking flick. Did you? I, yeah, I thought Even it was great. Even the end of it? Yeah. Like when she's jumping through the wall? Yeah. I think it's like they didn't know what they were doing at the start and they were just making up a film as they were going along and they everything in it is it's almost like a parody of every horror film ever made if you actually think of it. I think it it is, yeah. But I, what I like about it is without giving any spoilers away is it's kind of like um I don't know how like you know in other horror flicks where you know they try and make up a weird backstory for the for the killer where like oh they got you know abused or something like that or something really bad happened to them there still is a kind of evil onus put on the the killer yeah, do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. I feel like with this situation it's kind of like oh no she's just a fucking real bad victim of circumstance <laughs> you know <laughs> the killer no I'm not going to spoil anything and I feel like you've got empathy for for it but without kind of um, without taking away what's scary about it I don't know I thought they did that very well you know and it was very unexpected. And I just love a good horror flick that is all like, you from a safe environment can be like, Jesus Christ, I never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. Can I just you know? Sorry. Of course you can. No, I can't. Did you watch Megan? M3 Gan. Mitchell Gan. No, I haven't. Um, Jer said he watched it and the only good bit was a dance scene, but I haven't, uh, oh. I haven't I haven't watched it. I thought it was all great. Is it? I thought it was really good, yeah. 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 Well, I thought it could have been better. I thought it was a little bit silly for the, the subject matter. I feel mm. like the subject matter of AI taking over, it's basically a kid's Terminator. <laughs> yeah, meets Chucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Terminator meets Chucky. Um, I thought it was really good. I will check it out. I mean, I'm I'm kind of backlogged with the stuff I actually want to watch. How are you with kind of like balancing what you want to watch versus what Moira wants to watch? Not very good. Mm. Not very good. I feel like me and, my, me and Terry were kind of like, in a kind of compromise now where there's a few good shows that pop up mm. but it's kind of few you know we're watching The Last of Us and loving that yeah. you know with there's any kind of HBO show that pops up we're like yeah all for that but I feel sometimes we might be just kind of meeting so far in the middle that it's pleasing no one you know yes and yeah, so yeah, I kind yeah. of maybe I was I'm trying to enact a kind of thing of like look just pick a day and we'll watch whatever you want to watch and yeah. then we will also watch he doesn't want to watch any Tom Cruise movies I really, I'm really I'm on a real Tom Cruise buzz privately ah, yeah. yeah privately okay. Well, not privately anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in my own head, we're like, I really, if I was having my say, I'd just be wa wanting to rewatch loads of Tom Cruise movies. I'm just so fascinated with him as just a Hollywood actor and the choices that he's made, you know. Yeah. But um, I'm not really getting to do that. Cool. So we're kind of meeting somewhere in the middle, you know, and not being totally. So I'm kind of like, hey, Terry, can you just pick a few days where you will watch whatever you want to watch, you know, and then maybe the few days that I watch. Is Terry your wife's name? Yeah. Is that a full name? Uh, yeah, she's born Teresa. Oh, Teresa. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm always curious. I, I know another Terry, and I didn't know her name, and I was like, oh. I was yeah. Where I was. We all have names that aren't our names, the whole family. You know, I'm Tony, but it's actually Anthony. Oh, yeah. Um, She's Terry. It's actually Teresa. 
uh, my son Sonny but is actually Harrison oh your brother Andy yeah. mm. how's how do you feel now that he's making content are you threatened <laughs> no no well, do you he, love it I love it yeah I'm so yeah. proud of him and he's better at it like he's he's more consistent like he's basically he's now put out more videos than I've ever made you know but he has a format like you didn't have a format like you're you're more sketch and mm. you have more variety He he's mm. kind of just doing well he's not actually he's doing more no he's branching out now yeah. and he's very good at it like I mean he's funnier than me Um, but I I was so like when he started doing the the commentary videos, I was just like, that, like you know, you just see something and it's original mm. and really well done. Yeah, and you're like, this has legs. This is just you can just keep going with this, you know. Yeah. And I hope he does as well as kind of branching out. And I think that's that he's gotten a very effective kind of model where you know he's he's kind of no, it's not even one for them, one for him. You know, mm. you know that's the George Clooney model. Like he'll make. Uh, you know, he'll make a blockbuster and then he'll do like an you know oh, yeah, a more yeah. more independent movie that he'll direct or whatever, one for them, one for him. The descendants. But, um, yeah, something like that. But he'll but Andy is he loves doing the commentary videos and they're look and the quality of them are looking even better and better and better, you know. Um so I'm delighted for him. Yeah. You know? He's so sweet though, like he's like, you know, he got booked this voiceover and he's all like, Look, don't want to be stepping on your toes and I'm like, Fucking do it like, you know, do it <laughs> and don't ever ask me for permission for anything, you know, ever again. It's so surreal because you sound exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. And you look very similar yeah, as well. We are, yeah. We're very similar, yeah. Do do you have any other siblings? Yeah, I got a little brother, little sister as well. I did little creatives. Um, they're very funny, but I don't think they would like they're very funny. But they're kind of like, you know, get in, get out with the jokes. They wouldn't probably want to hold that much attention yeah. for that long. Andy probably wouldn't either, to be fair. Um, although he does have a podcast. He just hasn't really kind of gone into the live thing. They're very funny. Um, and they are very creative in their own ways. But they wouldn't really be doing the kind of um, content, you know, kind of stuff. They're just like really just sound we are, smart, normal people. We are folks into the creative entertainment industry or anything like that? Um, they're very funny. But no, not really, you know. What they did do for me and Andy, um, you know, well, my so my mom and dad are, as me and Andy have my mom and dad, and then my brother and sister, they've got a different mom, um, my stepmom. But with my mom and my dad, like, they would have been, they would have left us alone. This is what I think. I, I think where my creativity comes from from my parents is the fact that they're very funny. They always told me that they loved me, so I never had to worry about that. They always told me they were proud of me even when I did fuck all. Right, so I always had that going. I always carry so myself affirmed. Yeah, so affirmed. Yeah, exactly. I was walking around so affirmed, <laughs> but they also just like left me alone to just fuck around with shit all the mm. time. You know, because when I got divorced, it was kind of like I don't want to be you know smothering them with a load of shit, giving them a bit of space here. I don't want to go overboard with this whole kind of. So with that, it was kind of like just left my own devices to do whatever. You know, allowed to be bored and fuck around with a camera, fuck around with you know different things you know so to be walking around proud of everything that i make you know and loved and then also have the freedom just to fuck around with shit i think that's where it comes from from me and him you know i had the opposite yeah anytime i made a video on me that i'd be like oh well done spielberg and all that like if you're taking the piss yeah <laughs> just like, ah. but there was something about that that kind of wanted me to prove myself a little bit more like mm. i'll show you one of these days ah you've fucking you've delivered that in spades now haven't you i know He's no dead. Oh. <laughs> sorry, Joe. Now you put your foot in it. No, we're even. <laughs> okay, now sorry. Even. <laughs> sorry. No, it's uh, it's it's even with me brothers and stuff like that. It's uh, it was always kind of a weird thing that I was just doing videos. Yeah. And arty farty videos as well. Like you know what I mean? I always tried to make stuff look arty. Mm. Well, just good. 
Yeah, I think so. Pure aesthetic, you know. I think so. Because when I started making videos, it was before people held the camera sideways. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like, uh, yeah, it's it's weird. It's kind of reverting backwards, isn't it? That it's kind of going into square again, actually. Mm. We had square TVs, then it went into widescreen. Yeah. And then it went vertical. And now it's kind of going back to square for the for fucking Instagram and yeah Twitter and stuff. It's all far by three now. And yeah. And even when brands come to you and they're looking for videos, they don't even know what shape they want. To I know, yeah. Thing. Sometimes they come back. I'm wrecking Jerry's head at the moment, reshaping uh, yeah, things yeah. for 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 a now video. <laughs> <laughs> the sponsor of this week's podcast. Um, why do you think? Why do you think they were kind of like you know, Os Spielberg or artsy farty or whatever like that? Because you don't step outside your box, man. Yeah. It, like, I hate fucking saying where do I come from? because oh, it's the inner city. Ah, here you fucking get to like I don't. You get to. Yeah, like it's a it's just a weird thing like to do anything creative that's not just the norm get a job and be happy like keep your head down and and plow ahead so to do something creative mm. is kind of weird yeah that's why like there was a youth club around where i grew up swan do you know swan like where did you grow up i grew up in marino okay mm. did you go to a youth club around around there you probably oh, went really? to the boy scouts did you i did, did yeah there's a boy scouts around there yeah there is yeah first fairview yeah yeah um but yeah, there was a, a youth club around there and they had a camera and stuff. So they let me use their equipment and then they sent me on an editing course and film base. So they were mm. very supportive of all of that stuff. That's great. But then like anything that I do, they'd, it just kind of be laughed at. Like, all right, go on, next up, Hollywood. And I'm like, listen, it doesn't have to be Hollywood or nothing. Like, I know, you know I, mean? There's I an know. In-between. So, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, that was always thinking, what, you expect to be fucking Tom Cruise? I remember someone saying that because they don't want to be an actor. It's like, what are you going to be, Tom Cruise? <laughs> and I'm like, is me not being Tom Cruise mean I failed? <laughs> you know, yeah, I know, I know. Um, I don't know. I keep bringing up Tom Cruise, but it, I, <laughs> I, I think it also comes from like how how deep is the reference pool for them to pull from? I mean, I think Barry Keoghan has probably made a huge difference in terms of what people, you know, who you think you are, Barry Keoghan, you know. Um, but like Jim Sheridan, mm. Jim Sheridan came from Sheriff Street. Like, there's a there's a lot of pe- uh, Lark Inland, Lark Inland. Having said that, I used to take the piss out of Lark Inland. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I used to always go up to can I have an autograph, Lar and stuff like. I used yeah. to always, like, fuck off you, will you? And does, there is actors from around the area. It's it's steeped in art and mm. and poetry. And there's poets from around the area. Lou Kelly, the singers. Everyone's a fucking singer. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much talent, but it's kind of trying to make a career out of that talent. That it's kind of ah, come on, get over yourself. But I think once the, once like if you had had a few people to name drop for your family, they probably would have been like, oh, I kind of get that, you know. And I'm sure there probably will be some kid to be like wouldn't mind being a bit like Joe, you know, wouldn't be like Darren and Joe doing that kind of thing, you yeah. know, and they maybe don't have the full vocabulary to to know that they want to be maybe a filmmaker or they might not have, or to be like, that they know they want to go into like broadcasting or podcasting or something like that. Mm. But they might just be like, I want to be kind of do creative stuff like Joe McGuckin. Like, I mean, I, there's definitely, there's definitely a kid who will say that, you know? I hope so. Because I went back to Swan recently to do like a, they were doing a documentary internally for uh, the Reliot Film Festival which was a kids film festival years ago that I took part in with Barry Kogan we were in the same film club and I said yeah look I'd love to give back if if you need a hand or anything like a facilitator on, on filmmaking or, or writing mm. or even podcasting that, like let me know and if the kids are interested I'll come in and I'll help them then a couple of months later I got a text from one of the youth leaders says hey there's a girl here she'd really love a hand with uh uh, making a podcast, starting a podcast. And I was like, oh, well, look, um, send them my number, get her to give me a call. Mm-hmm. And then a couple a uh, couple of days later, I get a call off this number and uh, 
Oh no, I got a heads up. All right, I got a heads up saying, oh, uh, this girl's gonna call you now." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, great, great." And like this little thirteen-year-old's gonna call me. Yeah. Now. I'm gonna be like, "Ah, oh, yeah, here we go. Here's how we have to make a podcast." Uh, but I answered the phone. She's like, "All right, what story?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Hey, uh, uh, are you looking to start here? That you're starting a podcast?" And she's like, yeah. "Uh, yeah." And I'm like. Um, how old how old are you? <laughs> and she's like, I'm 35. Do you not remember me in school? And I was like, Oh, I, oh, <laughs> now I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I thought I was gonna be helping some kid, and it turned out to be this like old woman. <laughs> <laughs> Two years older than you. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But even still, I'm like, Oh, I feel so underqualified. I was like hoping to help out like some up and coming kids. I'd love to do that. I would love to because I would have loved that. Yeah. As a kid, I would have loved to be in the youth club and. The Really Old Film Festival, we made a shitty little film and we uh, played it in the IFI and one of the judges or people that were there was Mark O'Halloran. Oh, yeah. And I was in awe of him because yeah. of the stuff that Adam and Paul, I yeah. suppose. And I was like, fucking Mark O'Halloran. And then he came up and he talked to you afterwards and I was, ah, like, I was so flattered. Yeah. And I was like, that that was so impactful. Like you can make make such an impact on yeah. a young person. You're not you're not one and done after that. You're like, all right, what's next after meeting someone like that? Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that'll happen though. I think I mean, I you're a young man. You know, I think you've. Uh, I'm not closing. The, it sounds like I'm closing up the podcast. Yeah, here. it does. I was <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I'm> still going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, no, you're a young man. I think that's definitely going to happen. But like I. You know, do you do you give yourself a bit of credit for like kind of having to push past all that? You know, like push past a bit of that kind of resistance. No, no. I mean, yeah, yes. Because even the fact no. that you're like, I, I'm so, I'm so, and I don't mean this in any kind of fucking condescending way, but as a fellow kind of like maker of things, I'm so proud of the fact of what you and Darren and Jer have done. Where to get onto RTE, you're like, we're already fucking making it. Like, this is what we've made. Yeah. Do you want it? You know, like, there was no specific handout for anyone. It was just like, you know, obviously they're looking for comedy and, you know, you're scratching each other's back when it comes to that. But like, everything that you've done has been purely out of the fact that you've been like, I'm going to make it. And then you can tell me later if you want it. Yeah, but I don't know. That sounds very definitive. Like, it, it, it was just cold and then hot all of a sudden. Like, we were sniffing around. For, I, I, I done, like, two seasons of the Darren Project, dressing up as a fucking yeah. dolphin and doing stupid things. Yeah. And then and Darren was doing stuff for love, hate. Like, we were always kind of, not always, but we were, like, around the periphery. And then it was just kind of, I don't know. Like, it was definitely a slow burn. It wasn't mm -hmm. as sudden. I mean, when it happened, it was quick. It happened fast. Yeah. And it still is happening, and it's like, oof. I feel like it's all gonna the, the ash is gonna fall out at some point of well, everything. No, not just I mean, the, not for a gap, like, but of everything. I feel like it'll all just kind of. Well, it's good to have crumble. that personified, <laughs> you know, that this wolf at the door, kind of, you know, mm. chasing you constantly. It's what's gonna keep you going. But like your your path to get on there, and it's certainly not over. And you're, you, I know you want to make more movies and stuff like that, and you know you're a fantastic actor. But like, if someone were like if I were to try and give it, if I didn't know anything about how to get on RTE, the advice I would probably give some kid would probably be like, go to college and do film or go to, you know, if you didn't know, you would probably set someone off on a completely different path than mm. the path that you actually did to get onto RTE and to be a regular contributor to, or and to be self-employed in a, as a content creator. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of, it's, it's a new kind of industry, but it's kind of unheard of. And, you know, 
I'm just trying to say I think you should kind of <laughs> you didn't you didn't go the route that probably would be expected of you know yeah. do good well do well in school get the good grades go to college to do what the you said I didn't do well <laughs> yeah, you said I didn't do good grades I'm going to assume I'm going to assume you didn't do good grades you can assume correctly but uh, <laughs> how dare you assume <laughs> no I just think I just think that's you know um, yeah you deserve you deserve a bit of credit for that. Oh, you know? thanks. That's that's a nice thing for you to say. Yeah, I appreciate that. And can I have a kiss? <laughs> <laughs> um, Killian was saying something about you. He didn't want to go to work or something like that, and you were like, "You just quit, get a new job." And he was like inspired by that. Or you were like, yeah. or, "Or you were saying you didn't want to go into work," and you were like, oh, "I'll just fucking quit and get a different job." Yeah. And he was just like, "Oh yeah, you can just do that." Like. Like I, I, he was just quite inspired by the fact that you're like I'm not so fucking beholden this job isn't everything that defines me you're just like let's get another one just, just, fucking, get, yeah, 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 just get another job yeah. and I, I think of that a lot when I think of people who really hate their job I'm like just get another job you know just quit because that, you you, your job was not the thing that was ultimately defining you your passion for making things was the thing that was defining you you yeah. know and I think there's a lot of people that will walk around and think Oh, if I get a job and it's not a cool job everyone will think that's the thing that kind of defines me And but I mean if you look around you now like if last year the hot thing was to be in a tech job yeah now they're being sacked left yeah. right and centre and they all thought that they were hot shit working in the tech jobs like getting paid a lot of money living city centre in lovely apartment blocks playing table tennis at our desk mm-hmm. like you know and now they're being sacked and it just goes to show like you're not valued like you're a cog in the wheel in them in them big uh, environments and them mm-hmm. big jobs like I was only talking to somebody who was sacked I'm just realising there's a big fucking rip oh that must be from cycling can't see it I was only <laughs> talking to someone recently about, <laughs> uh, about he he was him and his mate he the person that got sacked from the tech job was actually in the higher position and the fella who was just kind of a button pusher is still employed mm. because he's more necessary than the person and the kind of whatever the CFO or the CCO or whatever sure. the fuck you about but the CFO is very important but like yeah. a little bit further down middle management yeah, you realise that middle management is not important and they don't need to fucking take their jobs seriously I used to work with somebody and he we were working together for four years same job and there was a an opportunity that opened up and we both applied for it and he got it mm-hmm. and so then he was slightly above me as shift leader mm. But he, it went to his head, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like a pure dictatorship. Like, he just thought that then, like, he ran the show. Mm. And I'm like, man, you're a buffer. Mm-hmm. That, that makes it, you're a filter, you're a funnel for him to, re- for the manager to relay his messages down to the 12 people here mm. through you. That's all you are. Like, you're not more important. Yeah. You're a tool. You're his tool. Mm-hmm. And you're a tool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? But I was always, I just thought, like, um, like I, I would have, like I would have loved to fucking work at McDonald's. Like I actually deep down would have loved to work at McDonald's growing up. Like I think I would have really enjoyed that. And looking back, I was like, that would have been really a good job. It would have been like you know, there's billions of dollars of of infrastructure in there to make sure that you're actually having an okay time at work because mm. you can't because there's so many people they have to have some sort of structure. But I would have been like, no nah, man, like I want to work in like HMV because like you know I want people to think when they see me that I I'm really into the things. And I always felt like your job was something that you had to kind of like wear, you yeah. know. And as I get older, I realize like it's not like it's, you know, there really is no fucking difference. You know, people have their hobbies outside of work and then people have like the work to pay the bills. And it's great, of course, if you can find the passion and you can become self-employed or something like that and doing something that 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 you do. But um, I don't really know my point on that. I just kind of 
just you saying here fuck it just get a new job I well, think well, is, so a, is an attitude people should adopt a bit more I I, I know what you're talking about so Killian was probably saying I, I said to him like I should just leave your job or mm. I said that or I'll just get a new job I quit my job because I was, I was working with a betting company and there was opportunities coming up uh, I, and they even gave me the opportunity to go part time and stuff so fair play to them and everything but I I, I took the leap of faith and says I, I just need to try myself 100% into this because I went through depression and I was going to kill myself and mm. I was like I'm not looking for sympathy when I say that but I'm just like jo- these jobs don't matter like you, you, you're going to die one day like mm-hmm. you know what I mean these jobs don't matter this is your life you only get one spin mm. you only get one shot like you know what I mean you, one, one go mm. and, and this little very short trip very very short trip was there any point after that where you were like I know here fuck this I need to do something about this or, or was that a gradual thing after that after the depression after the, the suicidal it was, thoughts it was pretty instantaneous uh, and it it, w- it came from uh, like that took a toll on, on my relationship with, with Moira mm. so then she it even made her realise she she left her job and she's kind of pursuing her own thing now as well Like so she just kind of said the fuck are we doing like mm. what are we doing mm. because it's part of the it's, it's, it's a contributor to why I was in such a bad head headspace. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, but well, yeah, it was a contributor to why I was in such a bad headspace and and not committing myself to what I was actually passionate mm. about, which is making shit. Did you feel before you were in, before like you went full time doing what you do, did you feel like you were shit at jobs? Or I did you always just... Any. I no? never had any. I could never get a job. No. Uh, or I could never hold down a job. I was um, terrible with authority. Mm-hmm. I, I just hate someone being in charge of me. Yeah. Really have an issue with authority. So I, I, I always I always struggled. So before the betting company uh, job, I was working in a TV station. And I, uh, I just got away with murder in there. But that was the longest job I had. I had that for like five years. And then before that, there was just bits and pieces like in a pub here, in a restaurant there and... I worked with a bar agency that would send you to venues to mm. work as bar staff and I went to City West one time and f- the darts was on the Grand oh Prix yeah. of darts was on yeah I went out there Phil Taylor was on a nine darter I don't know if you were there that time no it wasn't that time Phil Taylor was on a nine darter I'm behind the bar everyone's like oh legging it to the auditorium to watch it and I says well I'm not going to miss fucking Phil Taylor getting a nine darter like I love darts <laughs> myself so I went out to look at it and then the manager came up beside me after he got it I was like fucking deadly and he goes did you see it and I was like yeah I've seen it and then he goes did you, did you enjoy it and I was like yeah it was amazing yeah. and he goes well you can, ju- you can enjoy yourself there the rest of the night you don't need to go behind the bar I was like what he's like you're, gr- you're grand here now for the night and then that was it me done with the agency yeah (laughs) yeah i could just never hold down a job or take menial jobs seriously did you feel though that you were bad at jobs did you feel like because i you know like in in other uh, you know maybe i'm trying to project onto you but i i definitely felt when in all the jobs that i was in i'm like i'm actually shit and i'm actually quite dumb like that's what (laughs) i felt like i'm i'm lazy uh, you know all the things that the jobs were making me feel I felt were like part of my personality and I kind of carried myself like that being like I'm actually just pretty shit at this maybe I'm a bit stupid maybe that's why I can't get it and then when I got out of them I was realised you know I mean and you've been on film sets and you, you realise sometimes you have to be there at 4 o'clock in the fucking morning and then yeah. you you don't might not finish you might be doing a double shift or whatever like that you did two 
was it two or three weeks for the first season, Darren Joe? Yeah. With, 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 without any break yeah, it's whatsoever. Straight, straight through, like you know? 20 something days, yeah. And like, I, you know, I would I would have that in me, but I wouldn't have that in me for any other job. Yeah. And it's what made me realize that, oh no, I'm just completely in the, I've, I've been picking the wrong job every single time. Did you find that like that or did you just not give a fuck? I, I think I was, in my head, I thought I was maybe too good for the job or oh, maybe too smart or not too smart but maybe I just wanted more responsibility there was a time when I was a, a, a lounge boy and I'm like I am I can pull points like uh, you just have me going around like wiping tables that are already clean like mm-hmm. I can pull points or I can like give me a task and I'll do it mm-hmm. but I hate standing around looking busy yeah that's what I hate mm-hmm. were the jobs that you had hard no no but like the basic requirements which I suppose are just simple motivating things like just arriving on time could never do that because I couldn't be arsed going in yeah and I never realised it because I couldn't be arsed going in I thought like uh, you know and I'd have people who I didn't respect telling me that I was you know yeah. that like and it would and I would drag everything out like I would basically test the patience of everything you know it would be like final warning written warning you know like you know verbal warning written warning final verbal warning I would go through every step yeah and I wouldn't ever quit <laughs> I would just get sacked you know eventually um and then, you know, I did actually find a job in, in sales. Then I and I got some good feedback from a good manager. What did you sell? I sold kind of software, kind of health, kind of. Um, there were perks. There were perks for like in credit card companies have it in the states where like you get a lot of perks. You might get percentage off, free cinema tickets. You probably have it with like three or whatever your phone provider is. I would sell that to businesses so that with their employees. So say if it was, you know, like, like say. I don't know, uh, Costa or whatever. I think we got Costa at one point. So Costa then introduced all these perks to their staff and we would like source all those perks. But then we would do it for like a small business as well. So like Costa employees would log on with their account number and then be able to access all these perks for being. So I would sell this kind of website to each one and we'd customize it and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And then eventually I started, it was just, it was a bit of a boom. And then all of a sudden within like a few months I was managing a team, you know, and I was personable. So I was good at doing that. I was, I knew what I didn't like as a manager, so I avoided all that. I made everyone feel real special, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I was probably a bit too overly friendly with them all, you know, kind of a bit of a David Brent situation. But um, <laughs> so that worked worked well, you know. But it was the first job I ever felt that I was kind of good at, yeah. and it was just because it wasn't just the menial task of I don't know, like stocking a shelf and being bored. You know, there was enough in it to not not be bored. Um, but. I don't I'm kind of I'm kind of at war with this thought that people are lazy I'm kind of at war at the moment with, with this idea that people think that they procrastinate because I don't think they do I think there's a lot of very unmotivated people doing shit that they probably shouldn't be doing yeah. you know and hopefully the AI <laughs> will sort will sort all that out for us you know do all those things that we don't but need to do like you know money should be like money should be the motivator should be yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. it's interesting that it's not a lot of the time I think for yeah, for me it was just like, well, what will people? I never really looked out from my eyes for for a long time. I always always looked at like what people would look at, how they would look at me, you know, and how they would, you know, what would they see? Would they see some work in HMV? They might be confused and think that I'm maybe a creative, or confused and think that uh, they are. I am someone who I actually want to be. You know what you I mean? You look exactly like the type of person that would work <laughs> in HMV. Uh, I know they didn't fucking date me though. <laughs> <laughs> you just went in with a HMV short on, stood yeah. around, helping stood people. around, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it's. Uh, I used to work as a makeup, a makeup salesperson. Me Avon boy. 
not yeah not avon but it was it, it, the same setup i imagine i think it was basically a pyramid scheme mm. uh sales setup but yeah a victoria jackson is what it was oh that sounds familiar does it yeah um it, it's my like nana might have had some of that maybe i probably sold it to her yeah <laughs> but i only done i only i only done that for a week and i was going around door to door selling this shitty makeup like i, I, I just hated it did you sell in Did you sell in Kulak? She lives right beside the Saint Luke. Sold church. everywhere, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go every. I had like one person that was above me and teaching me the ropes. Yeah, and he wasn't great actually. <laughs> I, I was better myself at selling stuff, and there was every day we'd we'd go somewhere. I did, I tried the door to door sales one time. I did one day of it, and I was trying to sell. I remember it was like fucking bottle tops or something like that to like keep wine fizzy or something like that, <laughs> and. We went out to Crumlin and I got shot in the dick with a BB gun. And then I was all like, and it was actually a day. I really didn't want the job. I just was like, I wanted to get my dad off my back about getting a job. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I just signed up for this job and I was like, it'll be something different. It's not a shop. It's not, you know, service. It's not retail. And so I had to buy a suit, which cost me like fucking like 60 quid. And then I remember it was in the middle of the summer. It was one of the hottest days of the summer. And I was lugging around this fucking carry case of all these bottle tops to, on my way to Crumlin and my mates drove by in a car on the way to the beach <laughs> and they were like eh, 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 eh. and I wanted to cry I wanted to fucking cry but I always had those weird things I always felt like work had to be hard I always, I never thought that work was allowed to be easy yeah. and that's why I was always just like averse to it I always just thought it was like oh no if it's work then you have to kind of suffer that's what yeah. that's what work is you know Willie Loman-esque like it's yeah. kind of <laughs> Just make people like it and you'll get by. And yeah. just do, shut up and do the job that you don't like. But we're doing great now. Are you doing very well for yourself, Tony? <laughs> I <laughs> you love too. the podcast. I, I, I tried to do a podcast by myself uh, before doing the style of podcast. Mm. And I couldn't do it. I don't know how you can sit in a room and talk talk by yourself. You need to do the Brezzy thing of of um, of personifying the voice in your head that's telling you to shut up. Yeah. And once you do that, you just realize it's, just, it's like having a co-host that you just don't listen to, you know? Because <laughs> you say something like, that's fucking stupid. And once you actually don't say that out loud, you just keep it in your head, then it gets quieter and quieter and quieter. So is that an actual technique you use? Yeah, well, he does a thing. I call mine Gary. He calls his Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's what, once I realize that's Gary, I'm like, leave it, Gary. Did he yeah. have to be ridiculous names? <laughs> no. Like, Jeffrey and Gary, they're ridiculous. They're pretty ridiculous. I feel like if they were people, they'd be two weirdos. Yeah, but you can call yours hands or whatever you want. Something more will. normal. Yeah. But you definitely have it in you, you know. And I would love to see uh I'd love to see you be doing your doing your stand up. I think you'd be very good. Oh, I I, I do want to go back to it. Mm. I do want to go back to it. To kind of prove it to myself that I can do it or something like Yeah. Just don't drink a rake of pints mm. and try and do an Andy Kaufman bit at eleven o'clock to a bunch of Brazilians. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Joe McGuckin, is there anything you'd like to plug at this point? Uh, the, the style of po I have my own podcast with Darren Conway. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, Thank and very popular. So yeah, it's a, it yeah, it, it is popular. It, it has a big audience, um, but we want to grow, so I suppose plug that. Um, and me social media, follow me on Instagram, Joseph McGuckin. Other than that, I don't really have anything else to plug at this at this point in time at this point in time point um time. well joe thanks very much and thanks for having me on your podcast there that time oh, no, i felt bad time. i felt like it was like your fifth podcast of the day because you were backlogged and you were doing your best but i felt you were very tired oh really <laughs> i can't even remember maybe that's how tired i was <laughs> uh, well thanks for coming on thanks man i love you